As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And so... Um, tonight we're going to be talking about a subject that is really timely, like David said, is super timely because now we can kind of really understand and grasp this mystery that is being laid before us. And I think this is a mystery that people of ancient times actually understood as well. So I believe that every significant event that has happened and will happen is put into these holy scriptures that we call the Bible. I believe that by reading through the scriptures, you can find things that you would be surprised are there. And this is a compilation of books, 66 books that have been written by many authors over thousands of years and compiled together to all make sense together to tell a narrative that from the beginning all the way to the end. And these past few years, many scrolls, many mysteries have been opened because of the things that we've seen, the technologies that have increased and the mysteries have become something that's right in our face. And so we have to talk about it because we do have to understand why is this all happening? And, you know, with great light reaching the world, which I believe that, you know, channels like ours that go out there and they, they tell people the best that they can about the truth. People that are out there every day, making the right decisions, doing the right things for people, telling people the truth about the gospel and about all of the things that really matter in this world, uh, have shined light on some really dark places. Along with, along with them and along with technology, light has opened our eyes to seeing what things are going on. Now, those of us that are not spiritually blind see these things, and it really does grip our hearts to see what is happening and to, and to try to understand why other people don't see them is really hard to understand. And now that it's really just kind of in front of everyone's faces, they can see it. It's happening right there. I have to wonder, how come they don't see it? How come the all of these people don't see what is going on right in front of our face? We see the degradation of entire societies, the education systems failing. We see uh, perverted means being taught to our children. We see all of these horrific acts of stupidity done by those who are supposed to be our leaders and we see the destruction coming so quickly and it's because it's not a problem with the exposure because the exposure has happened it's been exposed five million times over we've exposed it people before us have exposed it and people will continue to expose what's going on it's not an exposation problem it is a spiritual blindness problem that has gripped the entire world. 
Um, in Ephesians chapter 2, we have a very esoteric passage. And when I say esoteric, I mean in the in what the definition of esoteric means is that very few people will be able to understand this. And it's not because of any other reason than most people are completely unwilling to look at the Scripture, take it for what it exactly says, and take it very literal and seriously. Now, when I say that there's a hidden meaning in the Scripture, it's only hidden to people that don't want to actually look at the Scripture and actually see what it says. And so we're going to uncover this mystery that's literally right in front of our face. Some of you may have never thought of this. Some of you, this may have been something on your mind. And this is something, though, that we really need to understand how it works because it seems sometimes like a myth or, oh, yeah, you know, these things are happening and we need to be careful. But when you really think, see it for what it is, it really puts a more serious yoke on your burden to be able to help your children understand, help others around you understand, and to be able to walk through and navigate this world. So this first uh, verse that I'm going to read to you guys here, let me pull up the PowerPoint. is Ephesians 2, verse 2. And it says, Wherein, in time past, ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So let's break this down. So the Greek word for prince here is actually archon. And archon means ruler, magistrate, someone who is in charge. Uh, often in Gnosticism, you see the Archon being um, part of the Demiurges who created things and are here to stifle everybody who's trapped inside of here. Well, the Archons are, are really just rulers. They're rulers. And this is a spiritual ruler, as we see when we break down this verse here. And the Greek word for power is exousia, which means authority and power to act. And we know that this is a spirit that works in the children of disobedience. So we know that this is a spirit. We know that it works through the power of the air. In fact, it commands and controls the power of the air and is able to work in the minds of men. So this is interesting. Now, we've heard all heard of demon possession. We've all heard of spiritual um, attacks, and we've heard of all of these different things. But let's just kind of get down to the nitty gritty of what we're talking about here. So the Greek word for air is air and it is uh, air, the lower air we breathe. So within this air, we have these powers that are being controlled by this archon. And so we're going to kind of break down uh, what is in the air. Now there was this Greek philosopher. I'm going to show you guys a picture here. His name is Anaximenes and he was a Greek philosopher, and he was probably the first known Western philosopher. And he believed that the air is constantly in motion. It believes, he believed that it had life. He, took, uh, he believed air took on qualities of the divine and became the cause of other gods as well. So he believed that this air, this little air that was roaming around all around us, was alive and it also gave power to other gods um, and many scholars believe that Plato his theories about matter came from Anaximes and so and we fast forward now David to 2023 um, we know 
that there are things in the air that we cannot see. We know we have waves in the air, all kinds of waves, sound waves, light waves, radio waves, all of these different kinds of waves in the air. Uh, We know we have magnetism moving all around us. We have so many things going on through the air um, that it's just almost mind-blowing to really think about. It's almost like those of us who lived in cities and and around areas that have cell phone coverage and et cetera live in a net of electricity that surrounds all around us traveling through the air. And so those of us who decided to take this verse literally, we're taking this verse literally for what it says, um, we know that within the air is also a power who seeks to control the minds of men, who seeks to work in the children of disobedience for a common goal. We know that this is the case. And they have the power to speak into our minds, cause fear, cause doubt, cause destruction, and cause temptations to come our way that are very hard to deal with as human beings. And we all know this. If we've ever, if you've ever been the children of disobedience, which I know I have in my life, the sins seem to never stop tempting. They're just are all around you. There's everything. You have voices telling you that you're no good. You have things in your heart telling you that you'll never succeed. You'll never make this happen. You are, or you have the opposite. You have the prideful spirits telling you you're better than everybody else. You don't need God. You don't need all of these different things. So you have all of these different um, ideas being planted inside of your head. Now, that's not to say we can't come up with these ideas ourselves, but we see that um, these entities do have this power to do this. And so um, this is exactly what I believe Paul was talking about when he talks about the archon who works in the children of disobedience. And so the flesh-focused humans seem like they act almost like a receiver to take on these spirits. They're almost, you know, how we in radios, we have a radio that we can speak to. It receives a message or on a cell phone, something that receives a message. Well, within the humans of children of disobedience, there is a receiver for this archon who controls the power of the air to be able to seep into their minds. And before I understood this mystery, I was seriously perplexed with how it was possible that all of these humans over thousands of years, over hundreds and thousands of miles from each other, were able to formulate such a plan as to entrap the entirety of mankind right in front of their faces without them even knowing it. If if I didn't know any better, I would think that they were meeting together every week, talking about a plan or singing out a newsletter and enacting it. You see the waves of how people go from this to that, to this to that, and just completely change and shift ideologies based on the agenda, and I never understood how this works. Now, it totally makes sense to me. Uh, David, did you have anything to add before I move on here? Well, believers are going to have to step up their game. And the text you read in Ephesians, usually, as far as that gets unpacked when it's mentioned, is yes, there is a Satan, And he controls the disembodied spirits here in the first heaven. And that's good. We need to know that. But like you said, we've got to think in terms of things in the air like electricity, magnetism, 5G, all of this wave technology like harp. And even though these things are created by nuts and bolts human technology, they're created through fallen angel knowledge. And there's an archon superintending this whole process yeah when you really put it in terms like that 
and you really think about it, if you really truly think about it, it is uh, mind blowing and, and frightening, yeah. really. Yeah. Frightening. Yeah. And, you know, the Bible says this is a spiritual battle. He said this is not a physical battle. And this is totally understandable when you think of it this way that humans are almost like puppets, puppet suits for these demonic entities, these spiritual entities to be used for an agenda, to go flow like air flows from one to another, able to be manipulated, able to be used. Um, I mean, the enemy resides in the air. This is a frightening thing. This is something we're going to talk about. Also, we'll talk about what does the scripture say? What is our defense? What can we do about this? So, um, but this mystery that we're talking about here, this thing that Paul is talking about, this is the same, I believe this is the same thing that we hear people who have made huge contributions to society. We're talking, we're talking discoveries that have changed the world that we live in for better or for worse. We're talking massive discoveries. We're talking people who have resi- have genius level uh, wisdom that give their glory to a specific purpose or a specific thing. And this thing we're talking about here uh, in the Aryan text of the Vedic, te- Vedic text is referred to as the Akashic record, the Akasha. Okay, in uh, Germany, they've referred it to it as the Vril. We've heard it called the luminiferous ether. ether. We've heard um, the seething energies of Lucifer. We've heard all of these different ideas about what this is. So we're going to talk this a little bit about this because this is really important to understand that this has been something sought out for a long time, been used for a long time. And, you know, there's the idea we wonder, is this thing in the air reaching out to us or are we reaching out to it? So here is Tesla here. This is what he says about this Akasha and the prana. He says, all perceptible matter comes from a primary substance or tenuity beyond conception, filling all space, the Akasha or luminiferous ether, which is acted upon by the life-giving prana or creative force, calling into existence in never-ending cycles all things and phenomenon. So Tesla knew about the power that resided in the air. And because I believe of financial interest of more powerful people at the time, his discoveries were put aside, possibly used by intelligence operations and military operations that we aren't allowed to know about, um, and used probably for just the people in power. Because with uh, information like what Tesla had to be used, the regular people to be using it would be uh, somewhat dangerous, I guess they could thought, and they would lose a lot of money. So therefore, Tesla's ideas were kind of put aside. But yet, we see today that they're being lifted up pretty heavily. And so there was also Oppenheimer. Um, He spoke of this, and Oppenheimer was the inventor of the atomic bomb. And he said that the Vedic texts were the gift to man of the of the century. This is the gift to man of the century. He carried one around. This was a Jewish man. He carried one around, but he gave it to all his friends. He had an extra copy he would give out when he exploded the atomic weapon in Los Alamos on the 33rd parallel. He said, I have become death, the destroyer of worlds. Now, this is a quote straight out of the Bhagavad Gita, which is a part of the Vedic text. Um, there have been mathematicians that were seemingly ignorant uh, till they went through the rituals that the text describes in order to receive information from the Akashic record. 
And he became one of the leading mathematicians that uh, put forth many, many different ideas about math that we still use today. This is a, a never-ending cycle of people. And if you want to know more about the people that talked about that, I did, uh, me and David did a, a show, I don't know, it was several years ago. It looks like five years ago. And it doesn't, it's amazing, isn't it? So it's called the ancient watchers, the mystery enchantments. Yes. Yeah. And so you can look that up. I don't have the description uh, in the link in the description, Mm -hmm. but you can look up that title and find it, but it talks more about that particular subject. But there's a lot of people who have had significant breakthroughs that uh, put their stock in this. And also uh, the real David, you've done actually talked about the real quite a bit. What, what about the real makes sense to this? Well, the Vril is the same concept of what Tesla spoke of as the Aether, and that was also spoken of by some. Blavatsky called it the Prana. And this is the substance that is filling what we would call the, the Third Heaven. And the Nazis were all about that. And they claimed there was the Thule Society, which was an occult secret society in league with the British Golden Dawn. And then there was the Vril Society, which was headed up by uh, uh, Maria uh, Orsinki, I believe her name is. That's probably pretty close. They were channelers and mystics, and they actually claimed to have channeled the blueprints for the exotic technology that the Nazis had developed, the, the Hamanube and these Vril flying machines. And yeah. I, I believe that they did and for my for just my opinion which you can take it for whatever you think it's worth i think that the people that are really developing this exotic black science technology if you will they know tesla was right yeah and they know they're using his concepts and his techniques to develop this ultra sophisticated technology and i believe einstein was a total psyop I think the purpose of Einstein was to bury the work of Tesla. Einstein totally rejected any electronic component mm. in any of his calculations. I think uh, I think it's just uh, nothing but a psyop to bury the the what Tesla developed and the people that are really making it happen. I think they know that and they're using this Tesla technology. And they leave their little clues there to where you can pretty much see. A lot of them are just right in your face. Well, yeah, and a lot of the logos for the companies, such as the company Tesla. Could be a clue. Yeah, the logo is the T. So the logo for the the, um, D-Wave computer is also a T. It's really interesting, these these little logos that are spanned throughout this stuff. Now, something else, just a real quick clue to look for. We... After the open defeat of the Nazis, if they ever were, the Nazis had, there was what was called the Black Fleet or the Ghost Fleet, mm-hmm. like of about 35 submarines, which a lot of people think wound up at their base in Antarctica. And after that time, for their own, uh, to be less detectable, the swastika was replaced with the Black Sun. Mm-hmm. And the Black Sun and a deep red glowing sun is the emblem that we can trace also to see the the remnants of this Nazi technology as it continued to perpetuate itself, and it certainly did in a big way. Yeah, and what people probably don't realize is that our country played a huge part in 
Germany and funding Germany, the people, powerful people, also the Vatican played a big part in funding the, you know, these technologies were not lost, nor were these ideas shunned until um, the political side came in. So we have to remember that a lot of people think that with Germany's occult ideas went away, but their scientists, their occult scientists actually all came over here pretty much. And any of them were keeping anyway. So yeah, they did. Sure did. So, um, you know, one of the elemental powers, I guess, that we see in the air is, is electricity, too. You know, we have the sound waves, which sound waves are interesting. Sound waves can go at a low frequency, um, can actually cause sickness, anxiety, crazy things that uh, people often find in when they're doing ghost hunting or, or they've encountered a haunting of some sort, these low frequency sound this low frequency sound that goes through that just causes this anxiety um the supernatural connection to electricity and sound waves can't really be looked over um you can detect it i know that in any situation that i've ever had that has been supernatural which there have been a few um i would be lying to say they haven't sometimes i don't like to mention them because people instantly look at you and think man this guy's a nut job but almost every single one that i've ever had there was a buzzing almost electricity involved of some sort you could feel the electricity and you can also feel the anxiety the low kind of frequencies and stuff that you feel in those type environments that make you almost sick you you could feel those things and these uh, feelings can also be generated by electromagnetic frequencies. And one of the, I guess, interesting phenomenon is, you know, how the ghost people, they have the EMF readers when they go to these houses. They go there and they the EMFs are off the charts. They're just literally off the, off the charts. That means there's electromagnetic frequency literally flowing through the air at a very high level. Um, and sometimes the levels that they pick up are levels that are almost could shock you if you were, if it were able to be directed directly at you in these levels. And, um, I know that the situation, one of the situations I had, David, and this was, this was, uh, something that, like I said, I've talked about it before, so I'm not scared to say anything about it, but. If I were, if I didn't know better, if I hadn't read the Bible and seen what was going on in the Bible, seen the entities that are described in the Bible, I would have thought that I was being abducted by an alien. This is the truth, because what happened to me was I was laying in my bed, I felt a zap of electricity hit the back of my head and just completely almost knock me out, almost kill me. It felt like I felt like my body was leaving and then it slammed back into me. And and then this whole scenario happened where I encountered these beings that were trying to take me off and i remember the only thing that i could think of was you know the say say the name jesus the name of all names say say his name say say jesus i, I was like i was saying all the names i was saying jesus yeshua saying all these things and they said come with us and i said no i'm not coming with you and then they disappeared right this is this is the the situation that i had uh that is completely crazy sounding to people who have never had an experience like this, but this is the situations I have. And in situations where actually David's been there before, um, when we were doing a conference, a girl was growling and screaming on the ground, rubbing her face in the ground. And she was possessed to a point to where she was not able to control herself. But in the air, I could feel static electricity. I could feel the sick feeling in my stomach when I approached her, uh, the things that you don't normally feel, unless there's something like electricity in the air or some kind of low humming or supernatural occurrence, which I believe the electricity in the air, the low humming, all of that stuff 
is the supernatural occurrence. I believe that we've been able to harness it to use it for energy, but I believe this is literally a supernatural effect. David, have you ever had anything like that happen to you when you've dealt in these situations? You've been doing this for a long time, and I know that you've come across this. We have many times in many of these situations, and the the effect, um, and you and you know the thing that I think these the reports of these type of experiences are getting more and more common. And what happens to a person, the situation you describe, thousands of people have described the same situation. Yeah. And what happens when the person isn't a believer and they don't tell them to go away and refuse to go with them? Uh, it doesn't end well for them. Yeah. And they get deeply, and it does, it's not a UFO or an alien abduction, but it is certainly a archon abduction, we could call it. And these things of the vibrations and the hums, and when this technology, and it's just like a full moon, during a full moon, the old expression, lunatic, come from the behavior of people that were afflicted. They would act up more during yeah. a full moon, so yeah. they would use the term lunatic. Yeah. And the same thing, and you know, some people have more, pro we all got problems, and some people are more susceptible in areas than others. Yeah. And when this type of technology is used, this low EMF uh, frequencies, uh, harp, there's just multiple options they have there. This will really affect certain people and cause them to go postal. For right. lack of a better word, we've seen these scenarios, and we are we are set up in a situation to where this technology could be released in an area, and you could have zombie apocalypse. Yeah. You know, this is becoming a technological reality. Yeah, and we've seen this over and over again. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply of people that are being uh, affected by the 5G and and these technologies. And a lot of times we don't even know where it's coming from, but yeah. we know it's here. Yeah. We can feel the effects of it. You can feel, uh, I've even had like um, a metallic taste in my mouth yeah. at times during a time where you just feel a overwhelming, the satanic presence yeah. and it, it can get to be overwhelming. Yeah, no, it's it's so true, man. It's it is overwhelming. It's weird. It's a real sick sick feeling that um, a lot of people describe. And I and I know that for those of you that have never experienced anything like this, you're probably thinking, man, these guys are nuts. But this is a real 
feeling. This is something that you can't get by when dealing with this. I know that um, in in the chat, Dan Bodondi was actually used to be a ghost hunter before he became a believer, and, and I'm sure he could back up what I'm telling you. And you can, in fact, you could go and just uh, for yourself, if you're ever in in a place where you feel that there is supernatural uh, affliction going on, check it yourself. You'll see that it's there. It's in the air. And it's um, and it can do this now. Scientists have really studied the effects of electricity on the brain. Um, for I guess for example, this part of the brain here that you guys see is the agular gyrus, and if you stimulate this part of the brain, it actually gives you the effect that somebody is walking behind you, mirroring your steps. Um, this is really interesting when, when you talk about this. And, of course, they've mapped many parts of the brain. Uh, one thing that I want to show you guys um, that I think that you guys will want to see. Some of you may have seen this before, but this happened uh, in, our, in our history. This is the, I guess, the history of the study of our brain. This is a very short video, but um, Wilder Graves Pinfield, he was a neurosurgeon and he greatly expanded the world of brain surgery. He mapped the areas of the brain, um, such as what is, we call the cortical humunculus. And you'll learn a little bit about it in this video. So I'm going to play this video. The expected uh, finding was to discover that an elect a mild electrical current applied to the surface of the brain causes a patient to have a memory from his own past sometimes, one specific recollection of an experience. So that when we touch one area with a, an electrode carrying a gentle electrical current, action may be started in a part of the mechanism of the brain and so we can judge what area is involved. It was 11 years ago Okay. You were here, and you had had, uh, as a little girl, around seven, an illness that left its mark. Then we, you remember, we studied you with the X-ray, with electrograms, and then they saw the pattern of your attack. And there was only one place it could be, and that's right here in your right temporal region. And so we opened it up there, didn't we? Yeah. Under local anesthesia. Do you remember the pain? There wasn't pain. When we stimulated at three, you had a tingling in your thumb. You've probably forgotten now. When we stimulated at 11, you opened your mouth and made a sound like, ah, until I pulled away the electrode and then you stopped. I don't even know if you knew why you were doing it. Down here, which is just a little margin here in the temporal lobe, it changed your hearing so that you found it difficult to hear. And then underneath this, down into the crack there, we stimulated, and to my astonishment, you said, I hear music. Then I did nothing and repeated it without warning you a little while later, and you said, I hear that music again. Tell us what you heard. Well, I heard what sounded like an orchestra playing, and I asked the nurse where it was coming from, and she said, what music? And I said, well, that music, and then it stopped. And then I 
stimulated again, you remember, and asked you about it, and you hummed it. Will you hum it now? You remember it? Yes. Go ahead. Da, 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 da. So that's pretty interesting. If you ask me, now this is something that they've perfected and probably gone huge on. This is Neuralink's technologies works off the back of this. All of these different technologies that we see work off the back. Now, any technology that we hear about is coming out for consumers, I believe has at least been used by for 10 to 20 years by groups who have the power to hide things and use them, such as intelligence organizations, secret military organizations, etc. have these abilities and have been using these abilities for a long time. Now, it doesn't matter if people have been able to use these abilities. We know that the prince of the power of the air can use these abilities without technology and has been doing it for a long time. Now, he can't use it maybe perfectly. Uh, there's times when you see a demon-possessed person that is literally jolting around, can't control their senses, screaming, you know, slamming on their face, doing things that are just completely something that you would never do to yourself unless you really just wanted to hurt yourself in a bad way. They do these things, these the almost seizure-like things. And now I think this kind of explains the idea that you know there may be an entity who walked in them that's having trouble controlling the car. He's having trouble driving, he's, you know, sending electricity to these parts and that parts. And this is when this manifestation takes place that causes a reaction. And I believe a lot of the times the manifestations that take place only take place like this in the because they feel the power of God around agitating them. Now, usually uh, a lot of people who are demon-possessed, sometimes they'll never even spout off like they're possessed until somebody shows up that they can sense the Holy Spirit in. This is a common occurrence, and this causes this reaction. Um, I, I think that the impulsive reactions, the the ability that they have to actually take control of a human, this is interesting, too, because in, in the Bible— when Jesus describes an ailment, he describes a lame, the spirit of you know being lame, the spirit of being dumb, the spirit of this guy who was falling down, maybe having seizures his whole life. He says, he, he tells, commands the spirit inside of them to leave. Now, a lot of these ailments, if, if you can control someone's arm, their leg, their feeling, their mouth, their tongue, their ability through an electrical impulse in the brain, why couldn't these things be literally spiritual entities that are disturbing a part of the brain that causes people to be able to behave the way that they're supposed to behave? Now, it doesn't mean that they're fully demon-possessed, like there's this demon in them trying to act through them, but it means that there could be literally a spiritual attack on that person's brain causing electrical malfunctions to keep that person from being able to move forward in the way that they're supposed to move forward. Uh, David, what do you think about that statement? I know it's a controversial statement for me to say it, and I'm and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I'd like to hear what you think. Well, I, I think what really impresses me is what we should think about is that Mr. Penfield's research is over 60 years old. Yes. And at that time, he could literally play that lady's brain like a piano. Well, yeah. He could touch the places just like you would the keys on a piano and get a... Uh, a response, and there was a fellow, a British scientist by the name of John Eccles, and he won a Nobel Prize for brain research, and he wrote a book called The Ghost and the Machine. And basically what he proved by through studying electricity and the way it interacts with the human brain, he says 
the brain was like a organ and there was something acting upon it from an outside source. And that's why he said the ghost in the machine, that there was something coming in that was electrical, electrical that was operating the machine. Now, people, when they get into things like occult meditation, Eastern meditation, and you make your mind passive, yeah. you surrender the control of your brain to a spirit, an yeah. entity. And literally, just like Mr. Penfield was touching it and making it do, I'll touch this, her mouth will come open. Yeah. Literally, a spirit comes in and is playing your brain like a piano. Yeah. And you see, like you described, all kinds of crazy gyrations and whatever that spirit wants them to do. Yeah, it's it's amazing, really, when you think about it and, and almost um, makes you rethink a lot of what you know about behaviors. Uh, a lot of times, you know, that the behaviors, when I'm having a time where I'm completely having anxiety, which doesn't happen very often, but there are times when I just feel this strong anxiety and I think, what is going on here? Why am I feeling this anxiety? What is, what is causing this? What is causing... Um, all of these different malfunctions going on. And sometimes you just know that it is spiritual warfare. You can feel it. You know, I went through a spell of a few weeks where, you know, in the last few weeks I've lost, uh, my uncle died, right? Unexpectedly died. I had, uh, animals die. I've had all these crazy things happen to me and all of these different things that happened to me in a short, short amount of time. And I could feel that there was a spiritual attack on my life. I could feel that that was happening. And it's amazing to think that through the use of, the ability to use electricity in our brain just can cause the thoughts, the thoughts that we may not want to think about, the things that we shouldn't think about can be um, put into our head. And, you know, one of the, I want to read this real quick because this is something that um, Freemasons, and of course, I don't know that every Freemasons believe this, but one of the 33rd degree Freemasons, one of the top guys in Freemasonry, the Manly P. Hall, uh, in the Lost Keys of Freemasonry, he wrote this, and this is a condensed version of his um, quote here, but it says, When the Mason learns that the key is the proper application of the dynamo of living power, he has learned the mystery of his craft. The seething energies of Lucifer are in his hand. Now, in this, in the actual full quote, he talks about, learn the secret of the warrior on the block. They learn to be the warrior on the block. And you have these seething energies of Lucifer ready to be used at your hands. And as in the last show that, that uh, not the last, the week before last, we talked a little bit about the mark of the beast. We talked about the ability to be able to harness this power in order to give life to um, the image of the beast. As it says in Revelation, that, the, that there will be power given to this beast to give image, uh, life to an image. You'll be able to literally give life to an image. And I think what Tesla one of the things Tesla was doing and people like him have been prophets of this. They've been people of this um, order that have, and maybe not even an order they knew about, but just of an order that this thing has been trying to reach out to humanity and get humanity to take its technology so that it can affect humanity on a much larger scale than it is right now. Now demons can go and they can affect people. They can cause problems in your life. They can do a lot of different things, but they can't control everything, right? They can't do it all. But once they have the technology to where they're literally making the policy, where they are the ones who are able to manage every thing, every thought, everything that mankind does, once they're able to put the put the mark of the beast on people to be able to analyze their even their thoughts, their ideas, to be able to know everything, 
then they will claim this entity, this, I believe this entity, this archon who is the prince and the power of the air will claim his spot and try to pretend like he is the most high God. Uh, in the Bible, Jesus said this, he said, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. Now, as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Like the other verse we read, I'm going to take that seriously. I'm going to say that he literally beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. I believe that that's possible. And this is what happens when you take the Bible literally. You start seeing things that does that are start to make sense once you really look at them through a serious lens. And, you know, for thousands of years, for literally thousands of years, we've had puppets who have been the agenda makers for our country. Now, the with darkness, the growing of dark people, the growing of people who are corrupted and who are willing to take in, partake in sin and lewdness and be able to give, be given to a reprobate mind. These people, this ability that they've given themselves is the ability to, uh, by corrupting people, by their agenda to corrupt people, have given themselves the ability to act out in more people. You know, there was a time, believe it or not, where evil was kind of pushed down kept in the dark. People didn't really talk about it. They didn't really show it. Um, now the evil has been put in the forefront. The lights have been turned on. The evil are there and they're dancing. They're dancing in your face, laughing in your face, saying, this is what we do. This is who we are. We're going to keep doing it. And they can only do that because there's so many people who have been corrupted. Um, they can't do it when there's only a few people corrupted. The good people rise up, but there's so many people that have been corrupted by the world, by the things of this world, by all of the the fancy things that have made us comfortable here where we stand. Now, this is a this is a video here uh, that I want to have you guys listen to. We're only going to watch part of the video, but this is the creator of D-Wave. 
Uh, notice the symbol there on Tech Vancouver, pretty interesting. But this is the D-Wave guy. This is um, somebody that, um, when it comes to this stuff, this guy wrote the book on it. So we're going to listen to what he has to say. And he addresses Elon Musk's idea, too, about uh, the demon, you know, summoning the demons. These things that we're building are not going to be people. They might be really smart, they might be really good at all sorts of different things, but they're not going to be like us. They're going to be aliens. And they're going to be, I'm sorry to say, way smarter than every single person in this room, in ways that we can't even comprehend. So this, of course, triggers a lot of alarm. One of the guys who talks about this is Elon, who uh, says things like this. Like, when you do this, beware. Because you think just like the guy in the stories, that when you do this, you're going to put that, that, that little guy in a pentagram and you're going to have your holy water out and you're going to wave it at the thing and by God it's going to do exactly what you say and not one thing more, but it never works out that way. So uh, this, is an, this is an attitude that some are having, this emerging alarmism about the way this is going to go. But this, these words, demons doesn't capture the essence of what's happening here. Uh, I don't know if any of you are uh, turn-of-the-century weird fiction fans, but there's this guy named H.P. Lovecraft, who's a very famous American weird fiction author. And he exposed a, a view which is called cosmicism. And the essence of cosmicism is cosmic indifference. So he, what he was saying is basically, yes, there are these massively intelligent entities out there, but they're not good, they're not evil, they just don't give a shit about you even in the slightest. The same way that you don't care about an ant is the same way they're not going to care about you. And these things that we're summoning into the world now are not demons, they're not evil, but they're more like the Lovecraftian great old ones. There are entities that are not necessarily going to be aligned with what we want. So this... We're going to stop it there because he goes on for a long time in this video. But what he's describing here is, you know, these entities that are going to come, they're going to be smarter than humans, and they're going to have the ability to uh, do some things that we are probably not going to be very happy about. This is Gordy Rose. Uh, he does, there's a whole lecture. He did this lecture years ago. He's continuing to do lectures because they're continuing to try to build on to um, um, quantum computers. Now, Google's got their own quantum computer. A lot of people have their quantum computer now. The quantum computer is such an interesting thing. It's something that is able to reach out and pull information and being able to bounce information and almost in a practical way, once the once it's ever, ever practical to regular consumers, almost tell the future because it can create every scenario that could possibly happen, bounce it off, and bring you back something. So we have this interesting thing that's happening here. Now, with all this being said, we know that we are Transit. in a very, very scary time. The, this is a time that all people almost are able to be manipulated in some way, shape, and form. If we don't have the electricity manipulating people's minds, we have the propaganda manipulating people's minds. We have the regular sin nature that we all have manipulating the minds. We have people who are supposed to be educating us, manipulate, manipulating our minds. We have the people who entertain us all working together in an agenda that is working through the prince who is coming in to destroy the world. They're all working together because they don't know any better. They're puppets. They are literally 
acting this way. Now, what does the Bible say? This is interesting. This verse that we read where Jesus talks about Satan falling from heaven, he says something after that. And I think there's a reason he says it after this. And we're going to read it right now. It says, And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. All the power of the enemy. Wow. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in, the rejo- in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now this verse right here is not only edifying, it's empowering, and it gives faith. It says that nothing of the power of the enemy, which the power of the air, the power can hurt you with the blessing of the most high God. He gives this to his disciples. He goes forth. He tells us to have faith that we can move mountains. He says that if we do the things that he asks us and commands that will be blessed, the entire scripture tells us what we must do in order for us to seek the benefits of being a child of God, to understand what it means to be forgiven and have our spirit quickened to where we are no longer susceptible to being abused, used, and controlled by the spirit of darkness, by the great archon who controls the air. We no longer have this problem anymore. And I know that a lot of you think, well, I have problems going on, but I'm asking you this. Have you ever took that control that you're supposed to have, that God gave us this ability to be able to have the spirit subject to us? Have you taken that and used it? Have you used that authority? Have you said, be gone in the name of Yeshua? Have you said, be gone in the name of Jesus, leave in the name of Jesus? Have you said the words and commanded as though you are having the authority to command things in the name of the Most High God. This is something that we really need to understand in our lives, folks, because the time is not here to fear. The time is to continue. I try to explain to my children how life works, and it's hard because children don't understand all of the things that we understand, but they do understand some things because they they have certain ways they learn. They have certain things they like to do for entertainment as children. And not only was this a great way to explain it to my children, but I was talking to my wife last night and she said, what you said there, I need to write down. You need to write it down. You need to say it. And I don't know exactly what I said or how I said it, but I can tell you the gist of what I'm, what we're saying here. Life that we are, we are either given the ability to have life. God's formulated us. He foreknew us. He put us in this world. He put us here. And I believe that we are here for a reason. We're here to learn something. We're here to do something. We're here because God wanted us here to be here. Now, the way this world is designed by the spirit of the air to keep us in our tracks is designed in a way to keep us scared from continuing on to go to the next level, to keep us over and over again failing to a point to where we get discouraged, to keep us to a point to where we get satisfied, maybe even since some of the levels, to a point to where we're not willing to go any further because we're scared of what might happen. Now, I told my children, I was like, have you ever been on a video game level to where you just can't beat that level? There's something that happens every time. It beats you, it beats you, and you just give up. And my son was like, yeah, it happens. He's like, usually what I do is I'll go back and maybe I'll find something to help me beat that level. I said, well, this is exactly how life is supposed to be. Life is supposed to be you continue on and you keep going and you push and you persevere and you go through the different levels. And if you get stuck on something, you keep trying, right? Or some, Or you go back and you understand what did I do wrong? You look through the word, you look through the the teachings that have been passed down of wisdom and you see, what did I do wrong? And you take that with you and you go forth and you beat that level. Every level you go through, have you heard the saying, a bigger level, a bigger devil, you're going to face 
things that are going to push you and the things that are going to scare you and things, enemies that are going to come after you with everything that they have. But because of the Spirit of God, because we have the ability to be called the children of God, we actually have the ability to tread on serpents and have nothing by any means harm us. And so we need to take that power and move forward with that and not be scared. We need to keep going all the way. Even if this world takes us out, remember this, in a video game, guess what? You have the power to come back. We're going to come back, and we're going to come back, and we're going to win the next time around. So don't be scared to die. Death is just a, just a stage that we all have to go through. Every single one of us is going to go through. We need to walk in the power, understand that the prince of the, prince of the air, his, his people that are subject to him are also subject to us, and we have the power to command them in the name of Jesus. And so with that being said, guys, I want you to have no fear. That's the conclusion that I have tonight. David, do you have anything you would like to add for the people tonight? Well, what you say reminds me of what Jesse Penn Lewis wrote. She wrote The War of the Saints from her involvement with Evan Roberts in the Welsh Revival. And she wrote that the biggest cause of believers being overtaken by dark powers was passivity. Yes. They become passive. They they do not pray and read their word and engage the Holy Spirit in their life. And it, when we're doing that, we're not going to be taken over. It's that simple. Just like you say, living a, a life of humble obedience and communion with the Lord, and we're going to be fine. We don't need to fear. Because there's, there's a great text in uh, the book of Colossians, chapter 2, uh, beginning in verse 14. It says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a shoe of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He made a clown show of them. He, he didn't just defeat them. Yeah. Uh, he humiliated them. And in Christ and in the cross and in that relationship of abiding in him, there's victory over all the powers of hell. And, and for those... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 